All right. Well, we are in the book of Mark, chapter 14, and verses 1 through 11 is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and it's called The Difference Between Loving and Loathing. The Difference Between Loving and Loathing. And today we're going to be studying a contrast story about two different people. Uh, Mark, who's the author, he brilliantly uh, is going to juxtapose uh, or you know, put these two uh, characters against each other in the story, back and forth, back and forth, we're going to see them. And uh, we're going to see how um, they really represent two different paths that we can walk down. Um, maybe each day, maybe even multiple times a day, we jump from one path to the other. Um, and these two people that we're going to look at are Mary of Bethany, and Judas. And you guys know who Judas is. Judas Iscariot, right? Mary was the sister of Martha. Mary and Martha, you always see them together. And she was the brother of Lazarus. And you remember Lazarus was the one who got sick and died and was buried. And then three days later, Jesus came to his tomb and said, you know, Lazarus, arise and come out. And, and he raised him from the dead and uh, it was it was funny because Mary or Martha, Mary's sister, told Jesus, "No, you can't do this. You can't do that because but he's been dead three days, and by now in the, he stinketh," is the word it says in the Old King James, uh, which is always funny. Um, so it was this Mary who was the sister of Lazarus, who was uh, rose from the dead. And so what we see from Mary today, what we're going to learn is that she's an amazing example of love for the Lord. She just loves God. Uh, so that's what she's going to teach us. Now, Judas, on the other hand, he was one of the 12 chosen disciples, right? He was with Jesus for a couple of years, at least, if not three. And uh, he spent all this time with Jesus. Um, he looked like he was one of the gang. Uh, the other disciples thought he was just a normal guy, but hidden in his heart was evil and he despised the Lord. And so he is going to teach us today. He's going to be an amazing example of betrayal, rejection, and the opposite of love for the Lord, which is despising the Lord or loathing the Lord. And these two uh, ways of loving the Lord or despising him are two different ways that we can relate to Jesus. We're, we're going to actually make a choice today. You're going to make a choice are you going to love the Lord or are we going to despise him? Um, we're either going to love him or hate him, accept him or reject him, surrender to him or despise him. And just because you go to church doesn't mean that you are Mary. Okay? You see, Judas worked at church. Judas was a ministry leader. Judas was one of the 12 OG disciples. And what this shows us is that appearances can be deceiving. And our question for you today is, which are you? Do you love the Lord Jesus from the heart? Are you longing to serve and sacrifice for him? Or do you despise him in your heart? Are you bitter about his lordship and kingship that he wants to be the boss of your life and are you wishing inside that you didn't have his law telling you 
what his will is for your life? Are you wishing deep inside that you were your own boss or are we refusing to let him be our Lord? Appearances can be deceiving. You know, Judas looked like he was close to Jesus. He even kissed Jesus's cheek. Maybe we also look like we're close to Jesus. Mary, <coughs> excuse me, Mary, every time we see her, which is three times in the Gospels, she was also at Jesus's feet. It says every time we see her that she was at his feet, sitting down. Every single time we see her, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um, so let's see what Jesus teaches us is uh, the difference between um, loving him and loathing him or hating him. Okay, so let's get into our text. It says here, uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 1 through 11. And after two days, it was Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. So we know these guys hate him, right? And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman, we know this is Mary, came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some, and we know this is Judas leading this, who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. So she has done what she could. She came beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. All right, so we have these two characters, Mary and Judas. And I'm just going to run through a couple uh, differences that we see right off the bat. Uh, Mary was a woman of no real standing. Uh, she wasn't like an important person in this world, but, but Judas was a, a, man, a man who was one of the apostles, okay? So we have uh, two vastly different um, standings. Mary gave what she could to Jesus, whereas Judas took what he could get for Jesus. Starting to see the difference? Mary blessed her Lord while Judas betrayed his Lord. Mary loved her Lord while Judas used the Lord. Mary did a beautiful thing, Jesus said, while Judas does a terrible thing. Mary served him as her Savior, and Judas sold him like he was a slave. Mary, what she did is memorialized forever for her devotion 
and Judas is memorialized forever for his betrayal. If you call someone a Judas today, you're calling them a backstabbing betrayer. So let's take a look at our text section by section and just see what simple things we can see uh, and learn. And the first section there, there said, After two days it was Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. So the bad guys in the story, they want to kill Jesus. But they don't want any consequences for it. And we're going to see that Judas is going to help him out. Judas is going to team up because his team is people who despise Jesus, people who hate Jesus. And you always will end up on people who are on your team. You're going to end up with like-minded people. If you love Jesus, you're going to want to gather with people who also love Jesus. You're going to end up on that team. You're going to end up at church. You're going to end up, you know, it's going to, you're just going to be drawn to the people who also love the Lord. But if you secretly in your heart despise God and hate him and think he's just trying to control you and don't understand his love for you, you're also going to end up eventually with people who agree with that, who also hate the Lord in their heart. And that's exactly what happens here with Judas. Our text continues and it says, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. So we know that this is Mary of Bethany. She's, again, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And uh, uh, she brings this flask. The other two Gospels who tell this story both point out that it was Mary. Uh, she brings this flask of extremely expensive essential oils from doTERRA. And she pours it all over Jesus's head. Uh, spikenard, I looked it up this week, is only grows in the Himalayas, the northern India part of the Himalayas, uh, those mountains. And it's this, this crazy flower plant thing, and they get the oil, and it only really grows in that part of the world. And this oil, it says, was worth 300 denarii, um, which is a whole well, one year's worth of salary. Okay? So... She gives him, she pours this oil on his head that costs an entire year's worth. Now, I'm just asking you a question. How much money do you make in a year? You know, for, for this to really sink in of what she is giving to Jesus, what she is pouring out, what some say she is wasting on Jesus, a year's worth of salary, however many thousands of dollars that is, that's what she's doing here. What does that mean? Why is that important? Because this is love. Essential oils are love. I get a commission every time I say that. Mary wanted everyone to know the inestimable value she placed on Jesus. So she went public. No one could deny what she valued most in this world. She poured out everything on him, a huge outpouring of praise. She wanted people to know that Jesus was more valuable to her than anything. 
that she loved him with everything and she would throw everything away for him. But for her, it was not a waste. You see, because true love, and I want you to listen carefully to this, true love never calculates the cost of loving. True love never calculates the cost. True love never feels like, oh, I got to do this. True love never calculates the cost of loving. Genuine devotion never considers how much it has to invest in that object of its devotion. It simply and spontaneously acts and does all that it can, disappointed only in the fact that it could not do more. Do we have that kind of love in our hearts? I think for the most part, we don't, and we're pretty selfish and... um, We don't do well at loving. Um, But that doesn't mean we couldn't. But we must come to the Lord and confess our weakness, selfishness, and the kind of love that we have that is not sufficient. And we must ask him to fill us with his love. Mary loved Jesus here. She's a wonderful example of love. And she did what love motivated her to do. She wanted to do this. Nobody told her to do this. Religion and church should never be someone telling you what to do for Jesus. In fact, the most pure form of following the Lord is this. Listen and know his love for you. Love him in return and do whatever you want to do. If it's a love relationship between you and God, you and Jesus, there is no sacrifice that's too great. You could give your life to be burned in a fire for him. But love is what does that. Mary had this kind of love. She just responded and did exactly what she wanted to do for Jesus, pouring out this extremely costly, valuable oil on his head. There's a poem I'm going to read right now written by Ken Geyer about this, uh, the context of this event. The aroma of extravagant love, so pure, so lovely, flowing from the veined alabaster vase of Mary's broken heart. A heart broken against the hard reality of her Savior's imminent death. Mingled with tears, the perfume became, by some mysterious chemistry of heaven, not diluted, but more concentrated, potent enough behind the years of each century for the scent to linger to this day. Doubtless the fragrance absorbed by his garment as it flowed from his head accompanied Christ through the humiliation of his trials, the indignity of his mocking, the pain of his beatings, the inhumanity of his cross, through the heavy smell of sweat and blood, a hint that fragrance must have arisen from his garment. Until, at shameful last, the garment was stripped and gambled away, And maybe, just maybe, it was that scent 
amid the stench of humanity rabbled around the cross that gave the Savior the strength to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And as Mary walked away from the cross, the same scent probably still lingered in her now limp hair. She used to dry her Savior's feet as a reminder of the love spilt from his broken alabaster body, so pure, so lovely, so truly extravagant. It was a vase that he never regretted breaking, nor did she. By Ken Geyer. Our text goes on to say, But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. And we know that this is Judas who said these things from the book of John. He questioned her motive. He questioned her actions. Not because he actually cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, John says. And he stole the money that that all the disciples had collected for Jesus. Um, And it's important that Judas and, and the disciples... They're not just insulting Mary, okay? But they're actually insulting Jesus right in front of him by saying he is not worthy of such an honor. This is a waste to praise him this way. Wow. It's amazing how our words can betray what is really in our hearts. It's not worth it for me to get up and spend time with God in his word. It's not worth it for me to sing a song to God. It's not worth it for me to love difficult people. It's not worth it for me to sacrifice to God. What is really in our hearts? Judas shows what was in his heart. Ah, Jesus is not worthy of this oil. It should have been used for some other way, not just wasted on Jesus. The heart of Jesus is uh, the heart of Judas, excuse me, is just revealed here. He despises Jesus. He doesn't want Jesus to be praised and exalted. He doesn't think he's worthy. And there are many like this, you know. You're a Jesus freak. Don't waste your life on church, on Bible study, on fellowship, on praise and singing. You know what? Don't even go to Chick-fil-A. Jesus is worthy of our sacrifice, of our love. It's the only thing in this life that is going to matter in the end your connection to, your praise of Jesus. He is the king of the universe. We make our choice. I pray we will choose him today. Jesus is worthy of our sacrifice. It is true that this sacrifice must not be, I have to do it. It's the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it. It can't be that way. But like Mary, it has to be 
a response of pure love. A response of pure love. He has loved me. There is no doubt he has loved me. And so I will love him back. Church, Bible study, fellowship, praise, prayer, and much more. They can all be these loving sacrifices that we can make for God. Or they can be the bitter sacrifice of law. I have to do it. In our hearts, our hearts are revealed by our attitude in these things. I have to do it, but I despise it. I should do it, but I don't want to do it. God wants you to know you are free. But it is a blessing to know him, to honor him and praise him. Mary has chosen the best way here, not Judas. That's very clear. Look what Jesus says. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you can do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever this, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as memorial to her. So Jesus tells us three important things about Mary right here. He says she has done what she could. In other words, she held nothing back, nothing. She gave all that she had to Jesus, and he accepted that and loved it. Secondly, she came beforehand to anoint my body for burial. So she is actually being used as a prophet right here to prepare for what God is going to do through Jesus to to sacrifice him on the altar of the cross for our sin. Jesus is about to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice to his father. And she is foretelling it. Did she know what she was doing? Probably not fully, but she probably knew a lot more than his dense disciples, that's for sure. The third thing Jesus says is that uh, what she has done will be remembered everywhere in the world. And that's true. And the fact that we are reading it and studying it today is proof that Jesus never lies. His promises will always be true. Now let's look at, lastly, at how her extravagant love is contrasted with the deeds of Judas. Judas, okay? It says here, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests, teaming up, right, to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Some people find Jesus useful because of what they think they can get from him or for him. Other, other people find Jesus beautiful because they get him. Some people want to use him and get stuff out of him. Others find him beautiful and just want him. This woman found Jesus beautiful and she gave all she had to him. In contrast, Judas found Jesus useful and sought to get all he could for him. Judas has a calculator in his hand, you know, according to my calculations. But he knew the value of nothing. Nothing. He criticized Mary for wasting money, but he is wasting his entire life, an eternal thing wasting 
he was in the ministry, right? Well, ministry and all of life is never about money. Just remember that. It is always a love relationship with the Lord. He gives everything to us through his love, God does. And we give everything back to him as a loving response. What did God hold back from us when he delivered his son to be murdered on the cross? What did God hold back? Nothing. His entire world he laid upon the altar to be murdered for us. How can we, if that love has penetrated our heart, how can we hold anything back? How can we ever be bitter? How can we ever think of ourselves? Let his heart, let his love and let his work on the cross deeply move you today to respond. For Judas, ministry became a business that needed to be budgeted, not a savior to be loved and served. We need to pray that we never become more like Judas, but that we turn our back on that lifestyle, that we turn away from it and we turn to a loving savior. So how do we respond to this teaching? How do we respond to this portion of scripture? Well, the truth is I want to be like Mary. But when I look in the mirror, when I assess my life, I think often it is Judas who appears looking back at me. Only the gospel of Jesus is sufficient for my sick, sinful, selfish heart. I heard a song playing this morning that it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel that transforms us. I'm going to read the words to a um, hymn uh, as, a, as another response that we can think about and meditate upon as we close up our, our time learning about Mary and Judas today. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only to my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite will I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall no longer be mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord. I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself, and I will ever only be all for thee. Father, we need you. We needed you long ago. We need you still. And you have given everything that we have ever needed. 
Jesus, you are all sufficient in everything that you have given us. And there is nothing else we need except what you have given us at the cross. So, Lord, I pray that you would create a people by your wonderful gospel, a people that love you and will serve you and give their lives for you and, and, and never think of how much it costs, but only meditate upon your glorious love and your worth and your value and all that you are for us. I pray that we would sacrifice and love each other for you, for your sake. I pray that we would be quick to run to you every day and every moment through the day. That we would abide with you, that we would stay at your feet like Mary did. Keep us from the fake religious expressions of love like the kiss of Judas when secretly in our heart we despise you. Lord, we confess that our hearts sometimes do despise you, but Lord, keep us close to you by, uh, by keeping us focused on your love for us and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.